Our scripture for this morning comes from the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verses 1 through 3, and then we're jumping down to verse 14 through 25. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your ancestor Terah and his sons Abraham and Nahor lived beyond the Euphrates and served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. I gave him Isaac. And we jump to verse 14. Now therefore revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did these great signs in our sight. He protected us along the way that we went. And among all the peoples through whom we passed, and the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. He said, then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, the Lord our God we will serve and him we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made statutes and ordinances for them at Shechem. The word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Last week, we were able to talk about the beginning of Joshua's ministry and work with the people of Israel. And today, we jump all the way to the very end of his ministry. And so, if you really want to get a full picture of Joshua, you need to read the whole book. You need to go chapter 1 through 24, read, read the whole book, and go ahead and, and read what happened. But today, I want to tell you what happened at this late stage of his ministry. The Israelites have succeeded in coming into the promised land after crossing through the Jordan miraculously. 
They have driven many of the people out of the land and now they are poised and prepared to establish themselves as the nation of Israel in the land that the Lord their God had promised them. And Joshua, knowing that his time is, is coming to an end, gathers all of the tribes of Israel at Shechem to give them finalist instructions before his passing, to share with them one last time as a congregation, as a nation, as a group of what he believes they need to know. And I want you to think about that because if you knew that your time was coming to pass from this earth, what would you choose to share with those around you? What would your message be to your family and to your friends, to your community, to your neighbors? If you had a last chance to, to give a speech in front of those people that were important to you, what would you say? When we look at the scripture, we find out what was important to Joshua. For Joshua, it was important that the people remember all that God had done for them. That they remembered their story and everything that God had brought them through. All the way back to Egypt and even beyond that to the calling of them as a nation through Abraham. He wanted them to remember the miracles the many times God bailed them out, the many times God provided for their needs, the many times God defended them when they went against adversaries, the many times that God made a way when there was no way for them to move forward. He says, I want you to remember your story. I want you to review it. And here are some of the highlights of that story. The first one that I want to point out is that God called them out. You know, I often hear people say that they found God. And the reality is God found them. Because God has been looking for us all along. God is the initiator in our relationship. God is the one that loves us first. God is the one that is reaching out through His Holy Spirit to us all the time. And so God called the people called Israel by calling Abraham to leave the place where he lived, to leave that region, to leave the, the religion of the land of the foreign gods behind of his forefathers and to go in search of a promise that God had made. The second thing I want to point out is that God protects those who he calls out. God called them out, but he didn't just say, here, leave your land and good luck on the journey. He went with them. God protects those he calls. He goes with them on the journey. Sometimes we feel like God calls us out and we feel like we're out there on a limb. And the reality is that God is holding the limb. That God is out there with us, that we're not by ourselves. So Joshua wanted the people to understand that when they were on this journey and they came against their adversaries and every Israelite was able to repel a thousand enemies, that was not them. They were just not that good in battle. It was that God was going before them. He wants them to understand that God protected them along the way and God gave them the victory to drive the people out of the land. And finally, the last point that Joshua wants to make in his retelling of the story towards the end of it 
is that God is a jealous God. That he has called them to be his people and he wants to be their God. And he doesn't want to share them with any other gods. He doesn't want them to have any other gods before him. Now Joshua gives them this whole recap because he wants them to remember this. He wants them to commit it to memory. One of the things that happens often is that when one generation passes and the next one comes, the next generation doesn't really understand the plight of the previous generation. If you ask a lot of the younger people, they don't understand and know some of the issues that people that went through World War I and World War II went through. Our veterans understand, right? Because they were there. But when you get removed one generation or two from the events, it's very easy to forget. And so he wants to remind them of all that God had done and remind them, if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be in this promised land. If it wasn't for God, you wouldn't have been able to take it. If it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be as blessed as you are. I want to ask you, can you relate? Because I can. I know I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God's blessing and provision throughout my life. I know I wouldn't have made it this far if it wasn't for God's presence and blessing in my own life, His provision, His going before me to make a way, and His constant providence over my journey. I know in my own experience that it is by God's grace and mercy that we're able to be victorious when we come against those who oppose us. So, where did God call you from? What did he call you out of? What enemy have you vanquished along the way with God's help? What war are you still fighting internally or externally that God is helping you with? What inheritance has God given you that you are called to claim today for you, for your family, for your children and their children? What is it that God has handed to you even though you did not deserve it? And today you are able to say thank you, Lord. You see, when we review, when we review our story and we're careful to observe how the hand of God has been acting on our behalf, we are able to be full of thanksgiving for what God has already done in us. We're able to recognize, boy, that really was God, because I, I, I don't know how I did that. I don't know how I got through that. I don't know how I overcame that. And when that happens in our lives, then our hearts are full of appreciation for God, appreciation for His grace and His favor, and we begin to want to praise and, and honor him as our provider, our sustainer. And this is what Joshua was trying to do with the people of Israel. Joshua recognized that the people needed to remember and retell their story because it was a way to rekindle their love of God. Now, I've done a lot of marriage counseling over the years. And I have to tell you, one of the first things that I always try to do if I counsel a couple that's having problems is help them to remember their story. I say, how did you meet? What was your first date? What have you been through together that has brought you closer? What was it that showed love 
in the relationship from the very beginning. You see, when we go back to that beginning, when we begin to see all of those things, we, we begin to rekindle that love. We begin to rekindle those feelings. We begin to recapture what it is that brought us together in the first place. And that is exactly what Joshua was doing with the people. He knew that God was a jealous God. He wasn't going to share them with any other gods. And he wants to encourage them to rekindle their love for God and to sincerely and faithfully follow him and to really devote themselves to putting off any other gods and concentrate only on the one true God. Now I know what you're thinking. Today you're thinking, well, you know, my ancestors didn't have any other gods. We've been Christians three or four generations. Or my family comes from, you know, the Methodist or the Baptist or the Pentecostals and we've been Christians for a while. But is it true that your ancestors had no other gods? Did any of them worship prosperity or education or even family? Did any of them have addictions that they worshiped and followed? Did any of them pressure other members in the family to be a particular class or status in life or profession? Whenever you do a genogram of your family, you begin to discover that even in the best of families, there are things that our families have worshipped and revered. And that sometimes those things have elevated themselves to the place of God. Joshua's call is for us to recognize our past and to know that there are things in our own past and in our own family's past that need to be put away from our lives. You might also say, well, we don't have current gods now in the land anymore because we're Christian and, you know, this Christian nation. But if you look around, we still have the same gods that our ancestors struggled with. How many people in our communities and in our society today worship prosperity as their God? If you have money, you're blessed. If you are poor, somehow you're cursed. If you don't succeed in certain things, then you are less worthy than someone else. We have all of these things that we worship, including achievement, including status, and sometimes even family. And Joshua again is calling us to recognize that even in our own land today, 2020, we have gods among us that we worship. Joshua tells the people, if you're unwilling to follow and serve God, that's your choice. But I'm literally going to draw the line in the sand and I'm going to tell you right now that I am going to be on the side of God. I am going to choose along with my household to continue to be faithful to the one true God and to put all these other gods off from us. Joshua said, if we reject all these other gods and we worship the one true God, then we will prosper in this land that the Lord has given us. When the people heard Joshua say these things, 
they responded by saying, you know, far be it from us to be on the other side of the line. You led us through the Jordan. You've led us into the promised land. You've helped us defeat all these enemies. We want to be on the same side that you're on. We want to be on God's side. We want to stay on that side of the line. And you would have thought that Joshua would have been happy. Oh, yes, they want to be on God's side. They want to be on the right side. They want to continue to be faithful to God. But instead, Joshua says, you don't want to be on this side. And you're going, what? Joshua, you just told us that was the right side. Why would you tell them they don't want to be on that side? Joshua said, you don't want to be, you don't want a piece of this. Because if you want to be on this side, it means you have to reject all the other gods. You have to let go of those things that you lust for over God. You have to let go of all the things that you desire more than to serve and honor God. You have to put down all the things that are selfish in you and not loving like God. You have to deny yourself, as we learn from Jesus in the New Testament, if you want to praise and follow God. Are you sure you want a piece of this? Because you can't serve the Lord your God and other gods at the same time. He's a jealous God. He's not going to do that. So he warns the people, if you agree to this, I want you to understand that God is going to hold you to it. God is going to hold you to this commitment. This is why I always tell people to be very careful with what they promise God. Because if you promise God something, you better keep it because God is so faithful that he keeps every single one of his promises. And he wants us to be as faithful as he is. So that means if you make a promise, God is expecting you to keep it. And so Joshua said, you know, if you're sure about this, then just know that you are witnesses against yourselves because you are saying before God that you're going to do this. And if you don't, there will be consequences. If you don't do it, there will be consequences. The people said, no, 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 no. We want in. I think it was a little bit of reverse psychology. Like when you tell your kids they can't have broccoli, so they'll eat broccoli. You can't have this. Oh, yeah, we want it. We want it even more because you said we don't want it. So we're in. And he said, fine, you get it. You get it all. And he made statutes and he made ordinances to help them keep their commitment to God at Shechem. He basically made for them some rules and things that they could follow so that they could continue to keep the one true God, their only God. And then he says to them, now that you've made this commitment, Go and put away the foreign gods among you. Go and put away the foreign gods among you. Now, if this is not alarming to you, it is to me. Because it means that they already had a problem. They already had foreign gods among them. They were already worshiping these foreign gods. They were already carrying their little golden statues in their satchel. They were already worshiping these gods that were not real gods. And he says, put them away. Get rid of them. 
because now you have made a commitment to be faithful to the one true God. And now that you have this commitment and this covenant, you need to keep it. I see what Joshua did with the people as almost a renewing of the vows for a marriage. You know what a renewing of the vows is, right? People that got married 25 years ago, renew their vows, what do they do? They get in front of a crowd of people and say, I'd still marry this person. I still love this person. I still want to spend the rest of my life with this person. And in a way, what Joshua had done with the people is he had brought them back to the altar before God and said, do you still love God? And do you still want to be faithful to God? And do you still want to honor God as your only God? And the people had said, yes, we still love God. We still want to honor God. He's still going to be number one in our lives. Sometimes we need to renew our vows with God. Sometimes we need to go back and tell God, God, I love you. God, I need you. God, I want to be faithful to you. God, I want to serve you. God, I still commit my life to you today as I did at the beginning. And God, I am still not giving up. I'm continuing to move forward into the promised land that you have called me to. In order to do that, we often just need to be able to remember our story. Because a lot of times when we're able to see everything that God has already done, it inspires our faith and confidence about what God can do into the future. Today, I just want to invite you to review your own story. To think about all of the things that God has done in your life. To consider how far God has brought you. To consider how blessed you are in your current situation, despite the difficulties you might be facing. I invite you to put away all the false gods, those of the past and those of the present. And I want to encourage you to make the living God your only God. To make him your first and only love. And to follow him faithfully all your days. After Joshua shared these things with the people of Israel, he passed away. And they buried him. And they celebrated his life. And the people had made a commitment that day to follow God. I pray you and your household are willing to serve the one true God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for calling us out. I thank you for forgiving our lives of all of our sins. For protecting us along our journey. For helping us, Lord, to know that wherever we go, you go with us. We ask you on this day that you will help each and every one of us to review our story today. To count our blessings. To even consider our trials and tribulations. And to come to the conclusion, O oh Lord, that we are indeed richly blessed through your presence. Help us, Lord, on this day simply to continue to commit our lives to you 
and to seek, O oh Lord, to be faithful to you every single day. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.